Well, good morning, North Star. How's everybody doing? Doing good. I am obviously not Mike Lynch. My name is Kevin Scott, and it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you today, continuing this series in James. I love getting to hang out at North Star. I'm here a lot of months for lunch with a leader, hanging out with Mike Lynch, and uh, that's connected to a lot of the work I do on a daily basis with our company called Addo. Addo is the Latin word for inspire, and we help businesses inspire their people. Uh, we do that through programs like Chick-fil-A Leader Academy, and I'll tell you, I love what I get to do. It's a fun job, but I, I think I have decided that in my next career, I'm gonna be a meteorologist. <laughs> and here's why. It is, it is the only job I know of where you can consistently get it wrong and you still get to keep your job. I mean, it, it's, it's just a great game. I know that they have a lot of models and stuff, but it's like, oh, it rained, oh, well, it's not gonna rain. Who, who cares? It doesn't even matter. They're like, we just got it wrong. When meteorologists are predicting the future, they do have some things to go off of, but the reality is, sometimes we just don't know. When you guys think about your future, when I think about my future, there are a lot of things that I just don't know whether it's gonna happen or not. There's economic uncertainty, there's people worried about inflation, they're worried about the next election, they're worried about their kids, they're worried about, some of us are worried about what we're gonna have for dinner tonight. We're worried about the future and we don't know what's gonna happen. I, I've made a list of just things that, depending on your age, you may think about. Maybe if you're in high school, you're worried about, will she say yes to the prom? Will I get into college? What if I never meet somebody? What if I stay in this relationship forever? What if I lose my job? What if I'm never able to have kids? What if my kids don't follow Christ? What if inflation keeps going up and I can't afford food? How about this one? Will I ever be able to afford a new home in this market? What if Social Security isn't available when I retire? Will my grown children ever love me again? For some of us, there's so many worries. And then on the other end of the spectrum, some of us aren't worried. Man, we're so confident about the future, we just know, hey, it doesn't matter, this is gonna happen. I know that I'm gonna be here then. I know that the job loss would never happen to me. I know that the cancer diagnosis would never happen to me. We are so confident in the future. And as when we pick up this story in James chapter four, verse 13, James is addressing a spirit that he sees among believers that he doesn't like. In fact, he says it's an arrogant spirit because they are assuming their future in a certain way without thinking about God first. Here's what you gotta know before we even dive in this morning. We are not promised tomorrow. We do not know what the future holds and when we begin to live our life through that lens, everything will change. If you got your Bible, join me in James chapter four in verse 13. Here's what he says. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. And then he says this, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. You know, when it's gotten cold the last couple days, if you go outside in the morning, sometimes you can breathe and you can see your breath in the air. You know what I'm talking about? And then you breathe and then it's gone. 
That's what he says. That's what our life is like. It's like a vapor. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. And then he turns around and tells him, here's what you should be saying. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Verse 17 says, Remember it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I pray that for me and for the people in attendance here at North Star and those watching online, God, that over the next few minutes, God, you would help us see the reality of our life. God, you'd help us lean into the fact that we do not know our future, but God, we know that you are in control. And God, my prayer is that by the time we leave here today, God, we would turn over control to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So James is looking at these uh, business people who have made these plans, they've decided what they're gonna do, and James is looking and he's cautioning them. You shouldn't just go around saying you can do all of these different things. I wanna share with you three principles this morning that we can take from these verses as we face our future. And this first principle is this, that when facing my future, we need to start with God in my planning and goal setting. Start with God in my planning and goal setting. Now, real, really important here, what James is not telling them, he's not telling them you shouldn't care about your future. He's not telling them you shouldn't plan for your future. He's not telling them you shouldn't set goals. He's saying you need to think about it through the lens of what God has for you. Verse 13, he says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year, we will do business there and make a profit. Here's what you're saying. In verse 15, he says, here's what you ought to say. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, then we'll do that. I don't know about you, but there are certain times that I make certain decisions that I really consider what God has for me in there. When I'm thinking about maybe what church should go, I should go to, or I'm thinking about some big decisions, but oftentimes when it comes to my everyday decisions, I don't always think about what God wants me to do. I just assume that everything's gonna be okay. And that's what he says here is these business people are making assumptions they shouldn't make. And every single one of us this morning, we gotta realize we're not in control. We are not in control. I travel for work uh, more than I'd like to sometimes. And I was on a trip recently. We are headed to Miami and I'm getting to Atlanta airport. I don't know you're probably on one or two ends of the spectrum. Some of you, you follow the requirements, you get there like, there's suggestions, you get there two or three hours early for a flight. Anybody like me, you try to cut it to the last minute if you can. You're just trying to just slide in as fast as you can. I remember getting to the airport and I was running a little bit late, but I got the best notification I've ever gotten on the Delta app. And the notification said, your plane is departing five minutes early. Okay, that never happens. 
I'm like, okay, well, I gotta be fast, but I'm excited, the plane is departing early. We board the plane, the plane takes off. It's one of those, just everything was smooth. The boarding door closed quickly, everybody got seated quickly. We got down the runway quickly, we take off to Miami, and we landed on the tarmac in Miami 20 minutes early. So five minute early departure, landing 20 minutes early, we're 25 minutes early, I open up my phone, I text the guy that I'm meeting that night, and I said, great news, we can move the reservation up, 25 minutes early, I'll see you soon. We start to taxi down the runway, and we get over to a part where there's a crossing here, and there is this line of planes sitting there in traffic, and we stop. And five minutes goes by, and then 10 minutes goes by, The pilot comes over and he says, sorry, we're dealing with a little bit of runway traffic here. Uh, We're counting on ground control to get it cleared. We should be at our gate in 10 minutes. It's already been 10 minutes. Another 10 minutes goes by. We've now been 20 minutes. 10 more minutes goes by. It's 30 minutes. We're now five minutes past our scheduled arrival time. And the pilot comes over and he says, we don't know how long it's gonna be. We're gonna do whatever we can. 15 minutes later, it's been 45 minutes, we finally clear and we pull up to the place where you'll get off the plane and they didn't have a jet bridge operator there to move the thing down to get off the plane. The pilot got, I mean, people are getting angry. Have y'all been on those planes? You've seen these? I mean, people are just frustrated. They're saying things you're not supposed to say. They're mad at each other. They're like getting up to use the bathroom because they've got to go so badly and the flight attendants are getting mad every time they're saying, look, we can't move this plane if you're standing up. And so then uh, passengers are yelling at other passengers to sit down. It's just rough. Finally, the pilot comes on and he says, I'm not trying to blame anybody here, but you gotta understand, we're not in control of this situation. That's what you and I have to realize in life is that we are not in control of every situation. We need to realize who is in control. God is in control. And so if God's in control, we need to start with God when we're planning and setting our goals. Why do we start with God? Because we don't wanna spend our lives climbing a ladder only to realize it's against the wrong building. We need to be thinking about what God has for us specifically and how do we do that? What James says is we should pray to God, God, what do you want me to do? And what the Lord wants, that's what we'll do. God, what do you want? God, what do you want me to major in? God, what do you want for my kids? God, what do you want for my job? God, what do you want in this situation? And by the way, if you've grown up in church, this is not about this like, have you ever met somebody who's really spiritual? And you say like, hey, let's go eat lunch later this afternoon. And they're like, if the Lord wills. (laughs) I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, James is saying it's about the spirit. That we've got to ask God, what does he want? When I'm planning and setting goals for my future, what does God want for me? So when facing my future... I've gotta start with God and my planning and my goal setting, but the second thing I've gotta do is make the most of each day because I'm not promised tomorrow. Make the most of each day because I'm not promised tomorrow. Verse 14 says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. Some translations say this, your life is like a vapor. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. 
Some of you in this room don't need me to remind you how short life is. Because as Sellers talked about with surviving the holidays coming up, there, there, you've had a death this year, you've had something go on and you realize how short life is, but even when that happens, we often don't realize that we don't know how long we have. And that should affect how we plan today. I heard somebody say it this way, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. Now, you may not like the analogy, but it's true. Do you guys ever feel like that? I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a five-month-old. Man, they, they are like two months into after they've turned, like after my son turned five, two months later, he's saying he's five and a half. And he's telling people, my next birthday, I'm gonna be six. And then my next birthday, I'm gonna be seven. He, it seems like it's so far away for him, but for me, life feels like it's going a little bit faster. Can imagine there's some folks in this room that have a few more years than me and life feels like it's going faster than it's ever gone before. If there is, you imagine an hourglass and the sand growing through it, we don't know how much sand is left. But I can tell you this, even as you're sitting here this morning, more sand is going through it. We do not know how long we have. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need to think about the fact that we don't know how long we have and that will give us wisdom. One of my favorite things at North Star that's going on right now is Legacy Makers. It's an event that happens on Monday nights. I believe the next one is November 13th and it's for dads of young children. And it's about how to be intentional with your kids. I was with a group of dads the other day and somebody asked me a really weird question. They said, Kevin, are your parents still living? I said, yeah, yeah, they're still living. And they said this, when's the last time your parents picked you up and held you? Like, I'm almost 40 years old, I, I don't know. I'm bigger than both my parents, I don't know the last time. And this is what he said. He said, one day will be the last time you pick up your kids and hold them. And you don't know when that's gonna be. You don't know when it's gonna be. It may be that one night you come pulling in and they've fallen asleep in the car and you carry them up to the bed and it's the last time. We don't know because life is short and that's why we've gotta make the most of each day. George Bernard Shaw said this way. He said, the statistics on death are quite impressive. One out of one people die. And here's the deal, when we assume tomorrow, when we just think it's always gonna happen, that's arrogant. I mean, that's what it says right here in James. Look at verse 16. It says, otherwise you are boasting, you're bragging about your own pretentious plan. Have you ever met somebody that's pretentious? That, that word means arrogant. That you're, you're bragging about your own arrogant plans and all such Boasting is evil. When you just think tomorrow's always gonna come, you live your life like, like you don't have to worry about today because you're always gonna have tomorrow. So what should we do? James would probably tell us to do what his half-brother Jesus told us in Matthew chapter six, verse 34, when Jesus said, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble 
is enough for today. Here's the deal. We talked about planning and goal setting and then making the most of today. We need to plan for tomorrow so that if it comes, we're ready for it, but we need to realize we are not promised tomorrow and we need to make the most of today. What I'm telling you to do, you don't know that it's gonna happen tomorrow. Make the call, send the email, take the visit, ask for forgiveness, tell the friend or the coworker about Jesus. You don't know that you're gonna have tomorrow. You ought to do it today. So we gotta start with God in our planning and goal setting. We gotta make the most of today because we're not promised tomorrow. And then I want you to see this last principle. That when we face our future, we need to obey immediately when the Spirit taps me on the shoulder. Obey immediately. Sometimes you're not gonna feel like it. But when God tells you to do it, you ought to do it. I love the story, an eight-year-old boy Ask his dad, he said, dad, would you get me in trouble for something I didn't do? And the dad said, for something you didn't do, of course not. And the eight-year-old boy said, well, great, because I didn't do my homework. <laughs> there, the problem that James is addressing here is procrastination. Look at verse 17. He says, remember it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It's sin to know something that you're supposed to do and not do it. Now, bear with me for just a second. When we think of sin, there are two types of sin. There are sins of commission, sins we commit, and there are sins of omission. Okay, we often think about the sins of commission, the sins that we commit, the things like lying and cheating and stealing. and do it. It's the things that we do that we know we're not supposed to do. But we often don't think about these sins of omission. It's the things that God is telling me to do that I don't do. Can you think of those in your life right now? And James doesn't minimize this. He doesn't say, hey, you know the thing that you think you should do that you're not doing? That's a bad idea. Or the thing that you're doing, that, or the thing that you're not doing that God has called you to do? He says, that is sin. That is sin, that's not doing what God told you. Proverbs chapter three, verse 27 and 28 says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. And when it's in your power to help them, if you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and I'll help you. James is telling him, hey, you gotta think about your future. You gotta know that it's in God's hands. I gotta start with him, with my planning and my goal setting. I, I can't assume that tomorrow's gonna happen. I've gotta think about today. But you know what? I also need to be really sure that when God tells me to do something, that I'm doing it now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year. When God tells me to do something, I'm doing it now. I wonder this morning if there's anybody in here that God has been nudging you. And maybe you haven't listened because maybe you think, I'll do that later. Maybe there's some strife in between you and somebody else and as the holidays come up, that starts to weigh heavy on you. Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness now. You say, I didn't do anything wrong. Maybe you should ask for forgiveness anyway. Maybe 
there's something that you know, someone you know that's in need, and you haven't gotten involved. Maybe this morning you saw the video about the shoeboxes, and you think, you know, I'll pick one up next week. Why don't you just do it now? Why don't you take the opportunity now to help somebody in need? So when we think about our future, most of us live in one of two camps. This first camp over here is the worrying side. We dread the future because it's gonna be so bad and I, I, can't, I don't know if this is gonna happen and I worry if this, and we're so focused on what could happen that's bad that we don't have the right perspective. And some of us live over here and ours is a more arrogant spirit, the one that James describes in this scripture. Ours is we're focused on the future and we just assume whatever we want will happen. Y'all, I've been in church a lot of years and Mike may not like this, but I don't remember a lot of people's sermons. You know, like a, a week or two later, I, I couldn't remember it. I don't remember some of the ones that I preached, so it's not offensive to somebody else, but there is an illustration that I saw back when I was in college that has stuck with me for a long time, and it shaped a lot of my life, and it was an illustration by a guy named Francis Chan. He uses a rope to describe mine and your existence as individuals. See, the Bible teaches that you and I are going to live forever, that we'll be around forever, and that imagine that this rope is like our life, and this is like 100 feet, but imagine that it just keeps going on and on, and it wraps around this room and the whole earth a couple times. That's how long you and I will be alive. And then he comes back to this little red part right here. And he says, this is how long our time on earth will be. This is how long our time on earth will be. And then we'll live forever. And you know what most of us do? We spend a whole lot of time thinking about this little red part right here. I don't know about you, but I, I'm like, man, if I work really hard right here, then I'm gonna be able to get to this. And if I can just get to this, if I can get through this phase where my kids are sleeping through the night, then it's gonna be great. If I can just get here. Some of us are saying, if I do a whole lot right here, I'm gonna work all this time so that I can enjoy this little piece right here. So that I can enjoy this piece right here. And we're so focused on this part that we forget all about this. You know, when you focus on eternity, many people in the world will laugh at that. They'll think it's kind of crazy. Like, why would you do this? Why would you spend your time investing in stuff at church? Why would you spend your time doing this? Why would you care about that? Don't you understand that you could live it up right here? And they think that focusing on this is dumb. Here's the reality. It's arrogant. It's dumb to spend our lives so focused on this when we're gonna have all of eternity. I ask you this morning, what decisions do you need to make in this that will affect all of eternity? Some of you so worried about what somebody else thinks that we don't make a decision we need to make here that will affect forever. So here's what I wanna ask you this morning. Have you made the most important decision in this spot? Because the Bible teaches that there's one decision that we make in this little spot 
that affects all of this. And that decision is, do we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior? That's what the Bible teaches. That there is sin in this world and that sin keeps us from a relationship with God, but God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and pay the price for my sins and yours. And when we accept that gift, when we believe it, when we confess our sins and we trust Jesus as our savior, it changes all of eternity. Maybe in these few minutes, you'd make that decision. I'd actually ask you right now to bow your head where you are and maybe today, just for a minute, would you consider eternity? Would you consider life and what it's really gonna be like long term? What decisions are you making now that are so focused on what's happening the next little bit and you're not thinking about eternity? What are those? And maybe if you're here this morning and you have never trusted Jesus as your savior, my prayer is you do that today. You think about eternity. You say, Kevin, how do I do something like that? It's really pretty simple. You say a prayer right now where you are from you to God. You tell God that God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, but I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And I'm trusting Jesus, I'm accepting that gift. Jesus, I want you to come into my heart, come into my life and save me. When you decide to trust Jesus with your life, it affects all of your eternity. And by the way, I hope if you prayed that prayer today, you don't leave here without telling somebody. Fill out the card, come see somebody, let them know that you made that decision. God, I pray this morning that God, we would not lose sight of what matters in eternity. God, we don't know how much time we have. And God, I pray we wouldn't be like the believers in James, God, that are arrogantly assuming, but God, I also pray that we wouldn't worry. We would understand, God, that our future is in your hands. And so God, today, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you in my plans. I'm trusting you with my future, and God, I pray that I would have the courage to obey and do what you've called me to do. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.